an engineer, banker, and dancer go on a hike. They realize how things have changed and start a podcast. Hi, I'm Jed, the banker. I'm Shikhar, the engineer. And I'm Adrian, the dancer. And we are THC. We break down topics, meet pioneers, and share ideas. Welcome to Things Have Changed. April 16th, the price of a barrel of oil is around $20. Now, when the markets opened on the Monday, it saw a huge decline. First, it dropped to $10, $10 from $20. That was in itself historic. But it didn't stop there. The pain did not stop there. So at that point, we can only get one avocado toast for the oil. Okay. And then it drops to eight. It drops to five. No eggs without avocado no, toast. No, nothing. Yeah. It drops to two. It's just the bread. Fuck. There's no bread too. And then it goes zero. Historic. Wait, it does not stop there though. It goes to minus 40, the lowest. Oil, uh, the price of a barrel of oil was minus $40. God damn. It eventually settled at minus 10. Now, what happened? How, how can something as precious as oil? I mean, there have been countless wars fought for this commodity. How can something like this just be worth nothing and then be worth negative? So in a sense, you are being paid to take oil. It's astounding just to think about it. And from what some of these big firms have reported, it's actually messed up these models that they use to to predict the market because negative has never been in in with regards to oil, let alone, like, I guess zero has never been ever seen before, let alone negative. So what does this all mean? How did this happen? So think of it this way. The economy has more or less shut down over the past month, two months. We've covered it extensively in all our preceding Blitz talks. And what that does is, what do you need to travel, right? You use a car, you use gas in it. Planes need oil, gas for it to travel from place to place. Now, when flights are not taking off, landing are basically grounded. People are not moving at all. What happens to that demand for this oil, this commodity that we basically cannot live with? Well, the way oil is produced, you, have, you always have a certain amount of supply. And when that demand drops all of a sudden, there's no place to store this oil. So just high level, the storage facilities for the oil just got filled up. And the way this, this contract worked, the, the price of this contract, the contract that, that fell to a negative 40, is the way it works is if you buy that contract, you will have to physically take the oil, right? So no one wanted this contract. They wanted to just dump it, just sell it, just take it away from me. That's how we ended up with negative oil. So now there's a bunch of uh, floating tankers trying to get to California. Yeah. Two, two dozen to be exact. And even if lockdowns were happening, producers were still producing. So you can imagine the backdrop of how much oil is just getting stuck. This demand route that um, oil is going through, 
and the issue of not having enough to store the oil, there's also a, a price war going on with all this competition, right? So we have large institutions like the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, largely led by Saudi Arabia. And the price war that happened in, that we talked about uh, in the beginning of the, the crises, which was um, Saudi Arabia and OPEC versus Russia, right? Not coming to a deal about restricting the production of oil. That price war was also something that had affected huge, huge impact, yeah, huge amounts um, yeah. towards this supply ruin, but also a demand destruction. So, so who are the big players here? Obviously, you have the United States. Um, right. You have Saudi and Russia, right. right? What has been happening over the past few years? I think the biggest um, story, like I guess the underlying story over here has been that America has gradually become less dependent on oil, with, uh, on foreign oil, yep. foreign oil, I guess. Imported oil, yeah. Imported oil. So being energy independent gives them certain cards to play at the table when you're trying to negotiate with Saudi-led OPEC mm -hmm. and the Russians. We have to face it. Americans are consumers and we love spending, we love traveling. So mm -hmm. now if you reduce the dependence on oil, you directly impact the economies, the revenues being generated by the OPEC or Russia. So how do they counter this? How do they try to secure their future? How do they try to get their revenues back? Well, they go out and try to wipe out the small players because they're playing the long game. And they can, right? Got yeah. heavy balance sheets. They got a lot of cash. Um, and there's a lot of political gain with, uh, with oil as well. You know, something that we... Uh, may have missed is the political implications of being able to embargo an entire fucking country, right? Um, if you restrict a, a country's trade with oil, for example, and you ban them from from selling in your country, that's a huge effect on your your sales, right? Yeah, it's yeah. quite simply put, quite simply put. But that's also political power, being energy independent, meaning they had no more political power in us if we were needing more oil. Now we didn't yeah. need it. We became an oil exporting country. So the price war tactics that Saudi Arabia and Russia have been playing uh, in the previous years aren't as effective uh, by just cutting supply. They can't uh, kick out these other players because U.S. has already gained such a good, dom a great dominance and they're actually net export positive uh, as of 2019. So they are producing more oil than they are consuming. The laws of supply and demand are basically... If, if these Saudi Arabia, Aramco, massive oil producers decrease their supply, that will cause prices to go up. But if they decrease the supply too much and other countries start getting a bigger market share, that's not good for them. So what they do is they increase supply, causing the prices to go down, and they have a much lower break-even point to their oil than many other countries do. So that's a very aggressive tactic that they play to basically, in the short term, try to get less countries to be producing oil, possibly go bankrupt or just not. It doesn't make any business economical sense to continue producing oil because you're, it costs you more 
to produce that oil than what you can sell it for. And then in the long run, they ended up to have less competitors and having a bigger market share. But as we said earlier, we have new entrants in this market and more countries that are becoming less dependent on them to produce their oil. The slash and burn uh, methodology, lower prices yeah. and burn the whole competition. You know, it's, it's I, interesting. I don't think uh, we have the same ability to do the same uh, that these other countries are doing, like Saudi Arabia and OPEC. It's because uh, our oil, our oil infrastructure here is so different than what they have, right? It's largely state-led. Yeah. Um, the government kind of deals with the, all the affairs of oil. Whereas in the United States, it's different. We have private oil producers. You're going against nation. Exactly. So you can't really go together and just have all the oil guys, guys come together and be like, yo, listen, we got we to gotta take care of supply. You know, we're more on the buying side. That's why Trump will always be like, all right, right, we'll buy some of this oil that's in the market right now. Um, but, you know, it puts us at a, at a weird position. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the two different structures work, right? We don't have the same power um, as these other countries they have with oil. Russia, um, Nigeria, for example, it's largely state-led as well. Um, all all these large producing countries that have um, semi-dictatorships, right, where it's controlled by a state. That's it. Yeah, and it's such a huge impact. Like there was, uh, there are estimates that uh, I mean, the oil and gas industry contributes to like seven or eight percent of the U.S. GDP. Imagine what it does to other oil and gas dependent countries. And uh, if you drive around, uh, even though most of us should be staying at home, of course, there's essential workers and people that need to uh, run their business or just go out to the groceries, you'll notice that gas prices are actually not that low. They are somewhat lower than what they were uh, a month or two ago, uh, but they aren't as low as negative 40 per barrel like we saw in, uh, right. in futures contracts. Us. They're not paying us to take their gas. Uh, and the reason for that is these gas stations are, you know, they're not getting volume out. They, people aren't traveling as much, so they're not uh, filling up their tanks as often. And when oil prices go down, the only, the, the majority of the time gas stations will make the most money is when oil prices are going down because they lag their prices that they change a little bit so that they can increase their margins while uh, they stay competitive with the gas station across the corner or the block. So we, we, you can't really expect these gas stations prices to go down too much um, because they're getting squeezed from the lack of volume and sales um, as well as they're trying to have as much of a margin as possible and hold out on that, on these prices um, until Maybe the guy on the other side of the corner lowers it by 10 cents. Then you say, okay, I'll, I'll lower mine by 8 cents or match him. So it's kind of a kind of a pricing game that these gas stations play as a result of all these fluctuations in the oil price. So how these contracts work? So it was just the WTI contract that fell to negative. And um, like I mentioned before, it, it's uh, a paper contract. So if you buy the contract, you have to literally take the physical barrel. And it's a monthly thing. So the WTI contract for May ended on April 21st. And on April 21st, everyone who bought the contract 
would have had to take the physical barrel barrels of oil. Now, people and institutions don't really have the ability to take just barrels of oil, right? They don't have tankers sitting in, your, in their backyard just waiting to take a lot of oil. So they start selling, right? And that's when they don't mind selling even for negative 10, as long as they can get it away from themselves. Just sell the contract. It does not, this does not mean that oil is, does not have value, but it's still a pretty bad sign as to what is to come, right? With the economy more or less shuttered for the next few months, this might just be a very regular thing that we see. It might just happen more often. And the fact that we broke negative is just like, it, it's broken the bubble. Now, negative prices can exist. So it's broken that, um, that taboo that traders have. So it's very interesting to see how the dynamic shifts and also macro trends. Everyone's looked around and wondered, damn, I, I, I wish I could drive one of those Teslas, electric cars, <laughs> stuff like that, batteries. So I, this might just accelerate that trend as to being more energy independent moving away from oil, that trend was already taking place with the sustainability efforts. And Yeah, I was, I was driving back home today and my neighbor was getting a solar system and a solar uh, roof installed with all these things going on. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy is that Saudi's attribution to oil profits is half of its GDP. That's the whole reason why... Aramco is trying to go public so they can raise some capital and then invest in tech companies so they're less dependent on just oil. That's literally their game plan. God, this is like they've been doing this for so long. They funded their healthcare with oil. They funded everybody has healthcare. You know, actually, an interesting thing I let I read um, from the Economist was uh, that Russia was the most at risk of this oil crisis apparently because their fucking entire economy depends yeah, on Yeah, the oil. cabinet is just filled with oil dudes. Yeah, they're oil oligarchs or some shit like that. So apparently this is not going to bode well for those No, it's just yeah, it's just a bad. Thanks for listening to Things Have Changed. Be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and follow us on our Instagram at thc_pod. We're going to see you next time.